This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Why does Hashem create the world? Anyone have any idea? Why don't you just leave us up there in Shemayim, Ganeiden, have a nice day. You don't got to eat, you don't get sick, you don't got to schlep, you don't got to make a living. Yes. What do you want to say, Rachel? To enjoy the world? You enjoy, everyone enjoys the world? It's a party? It's like, I'm going to create a party? Messias Hashem says Hashem gave us the world to be happy. I'll ask you a question. Do you always enjoy the world? Who does? Nobody. Right? Not all the time. So, why you, I, think we, I think we'd enjoy Ganadin better. Why don't you just leave us up there? All right, you don't got to work. Yeah? Um, is it to get, because when we work for something, like we end up doing more? Like Rabbi, we've been in this class, it's not like, when you work for, like, it's like when people like, work, work for the money, people just give you money, you'll be all for taking it. That's very, that's very nice if everything is great, but people get sick and, and problems and sorrows and pain and... If, if, that, if I was to go around and telling everyone that Hashem created the world to, to enjoy yourself, they'd be like, then He shouldn't have created the world because I am not, not everybody, but I'm not enjoying myself. And, and I had COVID and I was sick and, and I can't make a living and I'm trying to get Shiduchim and I'm older and phew, there's so much stuff in the world. It's like, my phone doesn't stop ringing a whole day with stuff. We're enjoying, enjoying We're working in this, you know, this world now, so everything's and, and does that really work out? There's a lot of people that come to this world and they, they don't do good stuff and they, they don't get to Ghanaian. Yeah? There is broadcasting that I think that Hashem gets Meaning that someone can be sick, but there is broadcasting. So, from that. So, okay, but that's not, that's not the word enjoying. But then Everything is good. But isn't it better to to just be in the other world? What, what do we need this world? Everything's good in Ghana then. Everything is also good down here. But what so but why would you send me down here? I gotta struggle. I don't have to struggle. So this is Yeah, don't struggle up there. Hashem created a place where you just sit and enjoy yourself. Wow. Heaven. I don't know if you told me I could live in Florida on the beach and have everything I want, do nothing, or you could work really hard and then you'll have a house on the beach. I'm like, uh, I'll take the, uh, I'll take number one. <laughs> right? There's a, there's a reason. And Hashem created the world. Um, and there is an amazing story brought down in the, in the Kaba Yashar. Um, and we're going to read this story. And really, I should have read this before we even started because it's really a hakdama before the world was created. Um, and it's really a question that a lot of people ask, the ones who suffer, for sure. And everybody has some type of ailment, you know, in their life. Um, we are 
part of God. People don't even know this. They don't even know this. That Hashem, when He created us, so we're made out of clay. We're made out of mud. We're made out of... I think our body is like 80% or 90% water. Something like that. If you like squash a person down to nothing, it's like nothing. It's like the body parts are very nothing. Um, it's, it's, we're mostly water and, and, and afar. So why would Hashem take an ashama, which is indestructible, part of Him, and stick it in a, um, in a body made out of clay? We're made out of clay. So the Torah tells us in the beginning... Uh, six day, six day creation. Kim. This is a very tricky pasuk, by the way, everyone. You should know that that the um, Christians um, use this to prove to the people that God is not the only one, but there's the Holy Ghost and there's the Son of God and all this other stuff. It's a very tricky pasuk. It says the following: Kim. And Hashem said, Nase Adam Bitsalmenu. Hashem, uh, we should make a human being in our image. Kidmusenu, in our likeness. Who is he talking to? Kim, Hashem said, he didn't make the human being yet. Nase is one of the most important sukkim to understand because there's a lot of non-Jewish people that use this pasuk, especially missionaries and Mormons and Christians and use this this part of the Bible to prove that God was not alone, right? That's what they say, he was with the, the Son and the Holy Ghost and whatever else and they use this pasuk, I've come against I've come against this in my life right? And they're like, what do you mean? Who is, who is God talking to if it wasn't uh, Yashka? Who is he talking to over here? It's plural. God, God said, let's create a human being in our image. Kid Musenu, in our likeness. Who's he talking to and who's our? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We got Rashi. Right? So let us look at Rashi. Where does he say? Nasa Adam. We learn the um, modesty of God. The human being is created in the shape of angels. Okay, yeah, let's get to the point. Um, So he said something very fascinating. He said that he was talking to the angels and he just wanted them to feel that they had some input. He was the king and he just wanted their input. Okay, now I'm going to explain to you what this means. Um... Go through Ashi, Shetra Kodan. 
What does this mean, Salmenu? And what does this mean, Kidmusenu? Okay, so there's two things going on here. Um, the likeness of Hashem and the image of Hashem. So the word Salmenu, the Shoresh of the word Salmenu, is Tseil. Tseil is a shadow. Okay? So God said, I'm going to create the human being in my shadow. The human being is going to shadow me. Now, if you take a basketball, or you take any ball which is round, you cannot have a square shadow. You cannot have a rectangle shadow, and you can't have a triangle shadow. The shadow is always the shape of what it's shadowing. Right? We all understand that. You're a human being, you're walking in the street, there's a light or the moon, and you see your shadow, there's two hands, there's two feet, there's a head, there's a body. You can't have a shadow of yourself, a cat. Because if you do, you're a shindalit or something very messed up, right? You're going to have to have a shadow of a human being. In fact, we're not going to get into this, but angels don't have shadows. Whatever. Um, so, I don't know, it was a very famous story. I know they took a picture of some, I don't know, some tzaddik and stuff. And in the, in the picture, only the guy showed up. The, the, the tzaddik didn't come out. I don't know, it was the whole story, whatever, a long time ago. But anyway, so... What does this mean? What, in what way, girls, are you a shadow of Hashem? That means you're exactly like Him. You can't, you can't be different. Because, again, a round ball can't have a shadow of something square or a rectangle or triangle. So, who in this room has an idea of how you shadow God? What does that mean? You, it's, you know that. You, you, you're created, right? In the shadow of Hashem. What does that mean? What does that mean? You're created in the shadow of Hashem. What's well, made us? Anyone know? I don't hear you. Not a shadow. That's not a shadow. We can't. We're not on that level. We have mitzvahs, but we're not Hashem. It's exact. The shadow is exact. Shadow is exactly. What is Hashem? What is? What about God that you have exactly like God? No, that's a little piece. No, you're not God. What about you? It's exactly the same as Hashem. It's a hard question I'm asking. It's not an easy question, but that's why you're in my class. You want to learn. You want to learn. You want to grow. You want to be able to answer. People's questions later on in life, your kids' question. There's a mission picky of us. There's a mission picky of us. Mission picky of us says that Hashem loves us. Because He created us in His image. He really loves us because He tells us that He created us in His image. We learn from there that the most important thing in a relationship of love is to tell the person. You know how many times I tell parents, like, you got to tell your kids once in a while you love them. And they're like, nah, she knows, she knows. She knows I love her, what are you saying? I'm like, the Mishnah says, 
if you really love someone, you need to tell them. It's like, I put a million dollars in your bank, you walk around collecting tzedakah, I put a million dollars in your bank, and I don't tell you. So, like, you don't know there's money in your bank, you're going to keep collecting, you're still poor. It's a very big psychological question, we're not going to discuss it today. If I put a million dollars in your bank, and you don't know that I did that, you don't know that you have it, are you poor or rich? Poor. But you have a million dollars in the bank. So it's a whole back and forth. It's a very important question, by the way, because um, it's about your self, self, self-esteem. In other words, if I tell you that you're, if, if, if you're amazing, but no one tells you you're amazing, and no one tells you that you're special, then you don't know that you're special. So then you could be depressed, even though you're very, very special. So the mission is very clear in Pekiyavos, that you must tell the person. So Chibi Yaseira, that we're created in God's image, if he doesn't tell us that, so it doesn't help me that I'm created in his image. What do you got that God's got? Exactly the same. And that's, that's why you're a shadow. What's special about a human being? Come on. What? Scared? Choice. Well, that happens to be the second one. The the not to tell him, but the um, not to tell him. Kidmusenu. Kibusenu, which they translate in English um, likeness, is that you have Bechira. That's godliness. Animals don't have Bechira. Plants don't have Bechira. Stones don't have Bechira. The human being has Bechira. Not really, but we sort of think we have Bechira. You girls think you have choice? Yeah, I have choice. I could say no anytime I want. And I can say yes anytime I want. Well, the big things that you need in choice in life, Rav Shimshim Pinka says, you really don't have choice. Like, if you're a girl or a boy. Now, I, don't, I heard this story, and I have never seen it, that you choose what you are, and who your parents are, and like, I'm like, I don't know about that. I, I, and a lot of people say that. You choose your parents, and you choose to be a girl, and you choose to be Jewish, and therefore you can't complain. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I never saw that, and I don't think that's true. I think Hashem chooses. I don't think you choose. I know a lot of people that would not choose their parents. And they would not choose if they're girl or boy. And they would not choose if they're Jewish. So I think it's something that Hashem chooses. It's part of your trip. It's part of the new psychological word. Your journey. I'm on my journey, Rabbi Wallerstein. I hate that word. Because whoever says it is saying it usually because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. I'm on my journey. Get off my back. You know, free choice, freedom. In my days growing up, there was no such word as I'm on my journey. There were some drug addicts who were on a trip, but I never heard that I'm on my journey. So what's going on over here? What do you got? That only Hashem has. Ha, ah, come on, we need some brainiacs. Yeah. I don't hear you. So, so that's an answer for some reason they teach in school, that Hashem does chesed and you do chesed, that's, that's a midah. It's not, it's not a shadow. It's a midah. It's a 
Right, but not, but but that's not a shadow. So many things is not a shadow. It's one thing. What's your first name? Chana. Chani. That's what comes from Chana, no? Okay, Chana. You have two names. Chana what? See, I knew that you had two names. Chana Rivka. Oh, okay, big name. Um, Okay, so Chanarifka is exactly like God. Why? Why? I'm told anytime I was going to want to know who's Chanarifka. Can I go out with her? He read me a shidduch. How old is she? So we say every day, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Listen, Yisrael, Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. Shema Yisrael, listen, everyone who's listening on Torah anytime. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem is our God. Chanarifka, Echad. There's only one Chanarifka. There will never be another one. And there never was one before her. Even though there's Gilgul, but the way Gilgul works is that it's different neshamas, different DNA from different neshamas, but that combination will never happen again. So everyone asks, like, so I'm a Gilgal, so am I coming back married to my husband from a thousand years ago, or the one I married this time, or like, how am I coming back, and who are my parents? And I'm like, no, you're not, you're coming back as who you are. Because there's no person that comes back exactly. For instance, Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gilgal of Noah and a Gilgal of Hevel, but he was Moshe Rabbeinu. He wasn't Hevel or Noah. So you will never be again. And you never were before. And oneness, individuality, is God. Hashem Echad, he's only one. Chanarifka is only one. Miriam's only one. Wallstein told my mother this. They said, Ma, there's never going to be another Zechariah Wallstein. And there never was another Zechariah Wallstein. She goes, thank God. (laughs) It's my mother, she could say it. That's godliness, that's nuts. That's it. You're not a school of fish. You're not a flock of birds. You're not a herd of elephants. You're the only one. And you'll never be here again. Never. And when you come up to the next world and you're like, oh, one more chance. Give me one more chance. Send me back down. There's like a big neon sign. No more chances. Yeah, it's a big sign. When you get to Shabbat, no more chances. Sorry. Trips over, journeys over. Yeah. So, so being only one is godliness, but it's also crazy responsibility because you don't get another chance. So it's amazing that you're you and that's it. But if you mess up and you don't do tshuva, then you don't get a chance to fix it. You. Neshama, party neshama, Gilgal, you don't get another chance. So Hashem said to the angels, I'm going to create a human being. Because until then, Hashem plants, fish, birds, animals. And there's no individuality by them. You could have two cats that look exactly alike. There's no individuality by them. So Hashem said, I'm going to create them in my image of only being one. It's crazy, by the way. One of my proofs of God 
is that in, on our face, we have two eyes and nose and mouth and lips and teeth and hair and whatever you want, eyebrows, and no two people look alike. So you're taking the same ingredients and you have billions of people and they all have eyes and a nose and that and everyone looks different. It's amazing. And everybody's fingerprints are different. Do you know that twins' fingerprints are different? Those swirls on your fingers, the FBI can find out where you are because no two people have the same fingerprints. Why is that? You think Hashem's in Shemaim, has nothing to do. He's like, okay, everybody put up your hands, we're going to do swirls now. Let's do some swirls on their hands, right? I don't think that's what's happening. Because the Kosh wants you to know that just like your physical body is different than any other human being, your DNA, they, they catch people from a here. From a here. They can track a person because my here has different DNA than your here. And billions of people who have hair on their head, each hair of every single person has a different DNA. That's sick. That's amazing. That's godliness. So Hashem said to the angels, I'm going to, what I'm going to do for the human being is not going to be any two human beings alike. They're all going to be different. They're all on their own journey. They're all on their own trip. They're all on their, their own mission. That is godliness. And that's what Hashem was saying over here. And the second thing Hashem said, I'm going to give them something that nothing else in the world has, and that's choice. Now, this is very important because I'm finding that so many girls, so many girls, so many people are so wrong about choice. The Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva talks about this. It's like, Rabbi, um, I don't have any choice. Hashem knows what I'm going to do. So if Hashem knows what I'm going to do, then I'm going to do it. So what kind of choice do I have? It's a good question, no? So like, I'm going to marry this guy because Hashem knows I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to watch this movie. It's not my fault I watched the movie that I shouldn't have watched because Hashem knew I was going to watch the movie and Hashem knew I was going to watch the movie. How can I not watch the movie? Okay. So that's like the big question. And if I do a mitzvah, I shouldn't get any credit because Hashem knew I was going to do the mitzvah so I had no choice. So Hashem lives, actually not only Hashem, everybody lives outside of the earth in a world of no time. What, what, what makes time? The earth going around the sun. So if you're not on earth and you're not going around the sun, you live in a world of no time. There's no time. No seconds, no minutes, no hours, no days, no months. So in Hashem's world, way above this world, the past, the present, and the future is all one. That is not something that anyone in this room could understand. Because we live in a world of time. So how could the past, present, and future be one moment? But if you watch the Olympics, you'll see that some racers win by a thousandth of a second. They can split a second into like a thousand parts, which means if you split a second into a thousand parts, the first 333 parts of that second is the past. The middle 330 parts of that second is the present. And the last 333 parts of that second is the future. So you could take a second and split it into one second into a past, present, and future. In God's world, there's not even a, 
There's no splitting. It's one moment, which means that it's not that Hashem knows what you're going to do and that's why you're doing it. Hashem only knows what you're going to do because you did it. Huh? Because you did it, you're going to do it. And in the future, you're going to do it, you did it, and you're doing it. It's all the same, it's all the same moment. So if you do something right, Hashem knows you did it because you did it, not because He willed it. If you do something wrong, He knows you did it because you did it, not because He willed it. So it's a Befesh Rambam. The Rambam says this very, very clearly. Now, how could I explain that to a human brain? How is it explained to me? It doesn't... So the, I have the perfect, the perfect explanation for you. So I have a friend... And we wanted to go to a basketball game. Big basketball, championship, New York Knicks basketball game. He couldn't go. He had, he had homework, college homework. But I could go. So I went to Madison Square Garden to watch the game. There's two seconds left in the game, and the New York Knicks are losing by a point. Every basket is two points, right? Um, the New York Knicks have the ball. The guy has the ball. He's about to shoot it. And everyone's screaming, pass it. Because there was a guy right underneath the basket. Had he passed it, the Knicks would have won. And we're all screaming, pass it! But this guy's on the court, whatever, he takes the shot, misses, they lose. Okay? So I leave the game, everyone's going down the steps, we're all upset. Stupid guy should have passed the ball, whatever. Okay. Now, it's very mean if you tell someone who has a game taped what happened. That's not fair. It's not fair. The guy taped the game, because if you tell him what happened, he's not going to watch the game. So I came home, he didn't even ask me who won. He's like, don't tell me who won. I don't want to know. I want to watch the game. I want to enjoy it. So he's watching a game right now that I, I already saw. So in my world, try to, try to hop what I'm saying now. In my world, I saw the game. In his world, he's watching a taped game. The game is going on right now. He has no idea what's going to happen. So you got two people in one room, one already... It's past. And one, it's future. Because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Now, there's two seconds left in the game, and he's screaming at the video, Pass the ball! Because he doesn't know what's going to happen. And I'm in the kitchen, I'm like, He didn't. <laughs> we lost. So how did I know what, how did I know that they lost? Because they lost. And I saw it. Did I cause them to lose? No. Did I make that choice for them? No. But I know that they lost because the past, and he's watching the present, or you want to call the future, the present, it's all the same thing because he didn't see the game, but I did see the game. But now both of us know they lost. But one guy, it's in the past, and one guy, it's in the present. That's the best way I can explain this to you. I don't have a better explanation. So, God does not make us make any choices whatsoever. I heard some people give a shear. One guy gave a shear. I don't know what he's talking about. He's like, the, the Bechira that you have is, is God knows it because nine out of, the last nine times when you pass that store, you bought the unkosher bagel. So what? That doesn't mean the tenth time you're going to do it. That's, God doesn't work on per, percentages. He's not, he's not a betting, betting God. Just because you ate the bagel nine times doesn't mean you're going to eat it the tenth time. That's not true. It's not true. It could be you're going to walk by and not eat the bagel. So then Hashem knows you didn't eat the bagel. It could be you will eat the bagel. Then Hashem knows you do eat the bagel. So whatever you choose, 
That's what he knows because there's no past, present, or future. Now, what's the big deal about Bechira? Most of us in this room, right, actually the big stuff in our life, we don't have Bechira. Girl or boy, we don't have a choice. Who your parents are, you don't have a choice. Pretty much what you look like, how tall you are, I mean, you could dye your hair, you could do your nails, whatever it is, but... But you have a certain look you were born with. You have DNA, right? You don't really have much of a choice. Your DNA, you don't have a choice, and it has to do with your health, right? The first question they ask when you go to the doctor is, did your parents have cancer? Did they have heart disease? Did they smoke? Whatever it is, what do you care? Because you have their DNA. So that's also not your choice. Um, who your siblings are, not your choice. So girl, boy, not your choice. Jew or not Jew, unless you're a Giyaris. Not your choice. Who your siblings are, not your choice. Your parents, not your choice. Actually, 40 days before you come to the world, they announce who your first zivig, you should only have one zivig, but who your first zivig is going to be. Big announcement in, uh, in Shemayim. If, this, if there would be a shotgun that could somehow plug in, she'd make a lot of money. Because she would know beforehand who's getting married. But I don't think there is a shotgun that can plug in. So, I don't like when I get an invitation, some modern invitations, and the girl writes, or the boy, in Bechiras Liba, with her, the choice of her heart. Do me a favor, 40 days before you came to this world, they already announced who you're going to marry. So they ask a question, if they announced it, so then why do you have to fall in love, and he's cute, and all the emotions. If Hashem announced it, so that's what it's going to be. So a very big tzaddik said that even though Hashem announced it, if the girl and boy, the husband and wife, don't put work into their marriage, it won't work. Big thing. Even though Hashem announced it, if you don't do the work in your marriage, it won't work. Huh? Now, divorce is a very intricate um, situation. Sometimes it's because of the midas of the two people, but sometimes it's written that they need to get married to bring a certain child into the world, and after that they don't need to be together again. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff on that. I said that, and I got whacked. I said that on my shear a few years ago. I said a few years ago on my shear that you take any girl with midos and any boy with midos and you put them together, they can have an amazing marriage. And oh my God, that I get it on the internet all over the place. What about feelings? What about the frumkite? What about this? What about that? And I was like, I stand by what I say. I, I say you have a you have a guy that his whole happiness in life is that she should be happy, and you have a girl who her whole happiness in life is that he should be happy, I don't care. I don't, that, that, what do you translate love to really mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? That's a moment. What, what does that mean? So, so I believe very much what I'm saying still, that you take two good people, you take two good people, and um, it'll work. So that, that threw away a lot of people. Well, you have to date, and you have to like them, and you have to have feelings, and like... I'm like, how could you not have feelings for someone who, who, who your happiness is, 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 makes them happy? Like, how could you not have feelings for someone like that? What about his looks? I don't want to go out with these. I don't like that. It's Friday, Ashkenazi. I'm like, there are a lot of people who don't agree with me, but I, I still feel that way. And I see that. Girl, women, women who have good midos who are married to men who have good midos have good marriages. All that other stuff, looks, that may be that might work in the beginning because you want to show your friends how handsome he is. You know, look what I got. But later on in life, if he's not there for you, I don't care what he looks like. Doesn't mean anything. 
Midos, 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 Midos. I'm very into Midos. I just had a girl this week who came to me and said that um, somebody was read to her, and the Rosh Hashiva said that he's an amazing boy, but he doesn't get along with his parents. I'm like... So what do you do with those people? Because a lot of people... Not my... She asked me. She asked me. So I said, my responsibility is to treat you like my own daughter, and if someone read a shidduch to my daughter and he doesn't talk to his parents, goodbye. I'm not interested. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that someone else shouldn't be interested. That, you know, he's a good boy, but I'm like, if you fail in your first relationship, how are you going to pass your second relationship? If he got along with his mother, or his father, he doesn't get along with either one of them. So like, again, that's my opinion for me. Doesn't mean, I can't, I can't give you advice differently than I give my own daughter because I'm gonna in the next world I'm gonna they're gonna throw me into the pit of fire. Because Hashem's like, what? What? Your daughter? Your daughter? He's not good enough for. Or oh, this girl he's good enough for? So many years ago, maybe thirty years ago, I decided that in Chinuch that anyone who asks me a question, I have to treat them like my own kid. And sometimes girls are very upset about my answer. I had this one girl that was much older and she was going out with this guy. She really liked him and. Um, they went out to this to this um, bar, not a bar, but whatever. You know, for drinks, whatever. Um, it's called Windows of the World. It's in, um, on the Marriott. Goes around very slowly. It's a good dating place. And um, she came back and she said, "Well, see, something happened last night. It bothered me." I'm like, "What happened?" She said, um, "We bought. We he ordered two sodas, two diet cokes, whatever, and it was twelve dollars each. It's a lot." And he was like, what? When he got the bill, the, the, stu- the waitress came over. He said, it's $12 each. He said, what? Tw- plus tax, $26 for two, what? So he didn't tip her. And on the bottom it says tip. He's supposed to give 20%. He wrote zero. And gave her back the, gave her back the credit, his credit card with the, with the slip. And she said, excuse me, the, um, did you forget the tip? He says, $25, I'm not tipping. And she made a face, and she went back into the, wherever they go, and she said, is that like a big deal, Rebbe Wallerstein? Like, I really like him, and she's an older girl. I'm like, I am going to blow this up, and I'm really sorry, no, over my dead body would I let my daughter marry this guy. I would break it right now. What? What? I'm like, two things just happened. One, he made a huge chil Hashem. Sitting there with a yarmulke, taking out his father's credit card, right? This girl's a waitress, probably trying to go through college. They don't get paid. They only make tips. I'm like, where's your benam chavero? So you tip her $4. The thing's a $20 bill. It's $4 a tip. You're using your father's credit card anyway. So you weren't, he wasn't worried about Hashem. Jews, cheap, all that stuff. What are you going to tell her friends? And on top of that, like, he has no appreciation for, for the waitress. I said, you're going to become his waitress one day. You're going to cook for him and doing everything. And she, he's going to say, like, that's your job. Like, I don't owe you any thanks. She's like, I don't know. He's not really like that. I'm like, listen to me. Go ask another rabbi. If you're asking me, over. Over. There's nothing to talk about. And she broke it up. So... Sometimes people don't like when I answer, but I have to, I have to, I feel very much that Hashem's question, anyone in Chinuch, any teacher, any principal, and oh, there's a lot of people are going to be in a lot of trouble. 
A lot of people in a lot of trouble, Hashem's going to ask, did you treat my daughters like they were yours? And if the answer is yes, oh, you're going to sit in Ganadin in the highest place. If the answer is no, trap door is going to open. You're going to be barbecued. Like, why are, you te- why are you treating my children differently than your own children? So I made up 30 years ago, maybe more, with Rabbi Gamliel that any kid I deal with in Chinuch, that's my daughter. For that moment, that's my daughter. I'm not giving her my, my bank account, but for that question, that's my daughter. That's a responsibility that anyone in Chinuch has to take or don't do it. And I, I spoke about this in a, in a Torah Masorah convention. And I said, guys, if you're a Rebbe or a principal and you're not doing that, quit. What do you need it for? Go make money. And I walked out and this one Rebbe walked, followed me to the car. He said, Rebbe Wallstein, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not teaching anymore. After you said that, I am not teaching anymore. I am not taking that responsibility. And I said, you're the one guy that should keep the job. If it bothers you that much, you're the guy that needs to keep the job. It's responsibility when you work with people. I, asked, I had a group of therapists. I asked them, from religious therapists I spoke to. I'm like, so you do therapy? You help people? Like, yeah. I said, like, how many of those people you know their Hebrew name and their mother's Hebrew name? And at night, they went through trauma, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're cutting, they're not eating, whatever it is. So they're not doing very well. How many of them you, you say Tehillim for before you go to sleep at night? How many of them are in your, in your Tehillim book? How many of them are in your sitter? You say Shemona Esther, and they were looking at me like I was from Mars. Like, I'm a therapist. I'm like, no. I'm like, no, if someone comes to you and you're trying to help them, and they have to be like your child, would you say to him for your child? This girl's traumatized. She's not eating. She's, she's cutting. She like, like, if that was your child, would you not daven? Would you not go to tzaddikim for brachas? Manashtana. They're like, whoa. And a lot of them took their names and they, they, and they daven for them. That would be a responsibility to deal with Hashem's children. But anyway, we went off subject, as we always do, and Rabbi Twersky gets upset that I keep you guys out of his class. So I didn't get to my story. I'm trying to get, every week I'm trying to get to the story, but I'm not getting to the story. But the, 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 the lesson of today is that we have something very special about us, and that we are individuals, and we are, we are created in the image of Hashem. And also, I want to end with this. So the bottom line is, Austin, so then I don't have choice. My parents, girl or boy, what I look like, my DNA, uh, Jew or not Jew. So what am I doing here? I might as well just be like an apple tree. I give apples. So Shisha Pika said something that changed my life. And this you have to write down because you'll never remember it if you don't write down what I'm about to say. Shisha Pika said the following. The only choice a person has is what to do with the things that they have no choice. Step in or step out. Step up or step down. What is he saying? He's saying, you have no choice, you're a girl. You have no choice, you're a Jew. You have no choice, those are your parents. You have no choice, those are your siblings. You have no choice, you live in New York or wherever you live. You have no choice, who you're going to marry. So what choice do you have? Vanilla or chocolate? That's not why you're here. The only choice you have is that those are my parents, that I am Jewish, that I am a girl, that this happened to me, that I had this trauma when I was a little girl, which I didn't ask for. It was not my choice. Most of this stuff that, are, that happens to us in our life that are bad was definitely not our choice. Sickness, trauma, abuse, it's not our choice. 
So, if it's not my choice, or Shiv Shipping says, what do you do with the stuff you have no choice? Either you step up and you say like, okay, I'm gonna, I went through trauma, I'm gonna help kids who go through this trauma, or I'm gonna get, get depressed and I'm gonna give up on life. That those are my parents, right? I'm gonna understand kids who have dysfunctional parents, or try to be a, an amazing parent like my parents. Whatever a person goes through in life that they have no choice, he said the only choice you have is what do you do with the things you have no choice? Step in or step out. The six million Jews that died, right? There was a Holocaust. What was their choice? Did anyone say, I want a Holocaust? No. So what was their choice at the end of the Holocaust? Two choices. Victim or survivor. And the ones who choose victim, nobody can judge. It was such a Holocaust. Nobody can judge. And people who go through trauma and abuse, nobody can judge. It's not a question of judgment. Nobody can judge anybody. Because you don't know what that person went through. But every person has a choice to get up or stay down. It's not failure to fall, the great man said. It's not a failure to fall. All men and women fall. It's a failure not to get back up. So what Shimshin Pinkus was saying is that a lot of stuff going to happen in your life that you have no choice. So what am I doing here if I don't have a choice? And the answer is, what do you do with the things you have no choice? You step in, step up, or you step out, or you step down. That is a person's choice. And that's what this Pusik says. Hashem said, I created you as an individual, but but I also created you with choice. You have choice. And sometimes you need people to help you make the right choice. It's so hard what you went through that you need people to make you do the right choice. The Pasuk in the Torah says that if you see your friend's animal, your friend's animal has a lot of weight on its back and it's collapsing, if it's not your friend, no, no, it says your enemy in the Pasuk. Your enemy! You hate him! And his animal's back is so heavily loaded. You have to help him unload that animal. Your enemy. If you see another Jewish girl who has a heavy load, or anybody who has a heavy load on their back and they went through trauma and they're going through emotional trauma, whatever it is, you have a mitzvah in the Torah, it's not your enemy. If an animal of your enemy, you have to unload their packages because it's too heavy, surely a human being who's not your enemy, you have to help them unload their packages that's, that's too heavy. And that's a choice that a person has to make. And I have no idea why I spoke about this today. Because it's so not. I want to talk about it from Avinu and the Akeda, but before I walk in, I say, Hashem, put in my mouth what they need to hear. So maybe I need to hear this. I don't know, but somebody needs to hear this. Have a tzlacha, have a bracha, have an amazing week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.